Galactic Holonet. Welcome to the Scum and Villainy Podcast. My name is Richard White, better known as Kelvin Tiberius. It is a big, big day today, big, big podcast. I am excited. I am riding the hype train, guys. It is awesome. Joining me today is Alex Robeck, better known as our ship's engineer, Anti Gravis. What's going on, Alex? Hey, guys. Uh, we also are joined by Mark Fletcher, better known as the Alabaster Hippo Ballet-loving <laughs> Sable Griffin. What's going on, Sable? Yo. And partying like it's 2013 is Gregory Duncan, better known as Joy and Vengeance. What's up, Greg? Yo, what's up, dude? And the one, the only, back from Mon Calamari, uh-huh. Scott Williams, better known as Mr. Froggies. Froggies! 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 <laughs> How's it going, guys? I'm so excited to hear your voice right now. I know. I, hey, had a nice vacation on Mon Calamari. Feel really refreshed. Yeah. I've got a question. Do you play X-Wing underwater, and how do the cards hold up? You know, I I have to buy more sets. <laughs> so he, he, yeah, they they don't last. They really don't. Like you, you don't even waterproof. I mean, you guys are supposed to oh, be sleeves. You know, they work, but you know, every, after a while, everything they, they're waterproof on five of six sides. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yes. Yeah, so this is the first time the three of us have podcasted together in over a year, and I'm really happy to have you guys back. And it feels good. And like I feel, um, I feel, I feel strong. Feel the love. Yeah, feel the love. Um, all right. So got a little bit to talk about. We it is the booty section. Mark, I know that you recently acquired some booty. So what do you bring? What do you bring to your pirate lord, Mark? Well, I had a fantastic haul. One might say I made out like a bandit. Oh, I get that. Uh... I went to a decently sized. Local tournament. It wasn't an official store championship. It was a winter kit tournament that I won. It was a fun little tournament. As I said, 15 players. It was one of those where I took the list that I'm flying in the TC Aces relegation tournament. Yes. Hey, hey, you are in the TC Aces, aren't you? Yes. Speaking of which, I also won my first game there against Tex. Tex, better known as three-time playoff person, Dallas Parker. Yes, he's very good. So my list is IG-88B, of course, because why would you ever run? Anyway, with heavy laser cannon, fire control system, crack shot, glitter stem. It's a hell of a drug. Auto thrusters. Good little 50-point ship. Then I've got Boba Fett with veteran instincts, tactician, engine upgrade, glitter stem again. And since I had two points to spare... Seismic charges. You've been playing this kind of list for a, a long while. Yeah. I won the Austin Regionals with a variant of this list. How did it play in the winter tournament? In the winter tournament, it played well. It was a four-round Swiss cut to top four. I lost my second game, but that was due to atrocious luck, where my opponent was apologizing to me. But I still managed to get it down to a single Y-Wing with one hit point versus my Boba Fett with, I think he had three on it. Yeah, it was it was one of those games. But still, it was a lot of fun. It's one of those lists where, in the hands of a good player, you can do absolutely amazing things with this list. In the hands of a player that is unfamiliar with the list or doesn't know how to fly large ships, it vanishes. So it's one that requires you to spend a lot of time working on it. I switched out VI on IG-88B for Crackshot. And I'm still going uh, back and forth between the two of them, whether which which one is better. Right now I'm liking Crackshot because it's just, boom, take a damage. Or better, boom, take a crit. Yes. So I... I think that you kind of hit the nail on the head and fed me this here when you said, in the hands of a good player... The list shines. Uh, what is your general flying strat? What's your idea of in the hands of a good player here? What does that person try to accomplish on the board with these two ships? So there are three main decision points that you have to keep in mind when playing this list. The first is opening setup. 
Do you set them next to each other? Do you set them away from each other? How are you tr- and controlling that initial engagement? Because that the initial engagement is absolutely key to this list. You can't just joust. You, you don't have the firepower for that. You have to control how you and your opponent engage. The second is you have to be absolutely comfortable understanding how large ships move, where the rear arc is on the fire spray, and when to use that rear arc. Because you only have two ships, bumping is not something that you should do if it should if it denies you shots. It seems like glitter stim and crack shot are like custom made for like two ship lists though, because those things are already built upon like what's the most important moment in winning it. Well and on Boba Fett, it's the glitter stim is against a like three or four more ships, it's a invincibility button. Yeah, yeah, because because of his ability. His ability, she goes, okay, you've got three dice. If you don't get three hits, you're getting nothing through. Yeah. Because I'm going to roll two defense dice. I'm going to re-roll any blanks, and Glitter Stim turns them all to evades. Mm-hmm. This list is a toolkit, but it's a Chinese toolkit. <laughs> all of the tools work once. You have to use them in the right order at the right time. So, uh, how did, how did, did you do, obviously you beat Tex and that was a really awesome battle because yeah. I think that like the thing I liked about it and, and we'll link that in the podcast to your, to your fight versus Tex. The thing I liked about it is, um, you guys both played well and it showed off the strengths of the, of both lists and what they could do. Yes. Yeah, like because uh, your list absolutely did what it did, and it won because of it. And and he did a good job with with the tight defenders. But I mean, uh, you both flew well, and it was just it was a good show, I, I suppose. The third thing that you have to keep in mind when applying mm-hmm. this list, just to go back to that point, it's important. So I want to make sure people hear it. It's you have to know when you hit something. You have to know when to oh they're blocking me. I want to be blocked to deprive them a shot of a shot. I want to go over this rock because they're not expecting it. It sets me up perfectly, even though I'm going to go over it again next round. Mm-hmm. Knowing when to take huge risks and when to peel away is absolutely essential. And often it comes a turn before you realize it. There are times what's, Say one of your ships is down to one hull, it's too late to run away, generally. You had to have run the previous turn. So you run into people, and the idea is that you deprive the most important shot, or you set up a shot later. Yes. You did that, actually. That is something you did, is like your hurt ship, you would run into people. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And against Tex, one of the things that... I, I turned Tex's biggest strength into his biggest weakness. His biggest strength was the ability to ion. So I crammed Fett where he didn't want Fett to be sitting and let him ion him. Yeah. Okay, I'm pumping. Okay, I'm not getting shots. Okay, I'm pumping. But it doesn't matter because IG now has free reign to pick apart your defense. Yeah, and that's exactly what you don't want. Uh, How did it do locally? Locally, it's done very well. Mm -hmm. As I said, I won the tournament. I lost one game. But it's a very solid list. I've running. I've been running variants of it since since the regional season last year. Hey man, I'm gonna not pick you to win every single time. For Thank run you. Out. <laughs> now, just to link back to the booty section, I should cover what I won. What'd you win? The participation prize was the alternate art gunner. Those look really cool if you haven't seen them. They did a lot better with the art than they have in the past. They're oh. really upping their game there. And then, like, round one afterwards, I get called over by the T.O. And I'm, oh, okay, is he going to ask me to, to resolve a question? What's going on here? And he presents me, oh, there was a raffle, a door prize raffle, and gave me this custom-painted uh, carrying tray for tournaments. It's got some Arabesh letters on it, some Imperial and Rebel symbols. Looks really cool. Yeah. That's awesome. At the end of the tournament, I was given five of the all of the acrylic extra munition tokens, which also look really cool. Yeah, well, and of course you're going to use those. Too. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the, the Vader alt art, but I don't know. I I still think the 
photo still is better, but they both look great. Mm-hmm. I got $50 store credit. Nice. Nice. That's a good nice. Thing. Yes. Quite. So, Froggies, um, you you played a, a, a store tournament recently, right? But No, I didn't do a store tournament. I, I was doing a, a league for, for the winter kit. But if I remember, but but let me let me preface this: you were doing it not in what we remember as Froggy's home state of Washington. You were doing it in Virginia, right? I was no, I didn't actually end up making that tournament. Oh, uh, boo. yeah, I know, boo, bad, <clears throat> bad, bad pirate. But but you are uh, you have moved recently, right? You're 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 now in Nova Squadron, right? You're in enemy territory. <laughs> well, not yet. I am. This is. I'm out here right now, looking at places and um, checking out houses, learning about the area. The, checked out a couple game stores. There, there's nice, nice places out here. What you didn't know was Froggy is a member of Ray Squadron and <laughs> is infiltrating is infiltrating Virginia. Welcome, yes. Welcome, Nova. Froggies. This is, this is actually a very elaborate ploy to make you think that he isn't doing that by announcing it. Yeah, I'm not doing this. That's how Race Squadron <laughs> works. I, I repeat, Nova, just in case you're li- listening, Froggies is not infiltrating you to steal all your stuff. That's just want to let you know, Froggies is not infiltrating. I'm not doing that. Nope, not happening. Um. Anyways, you went to a winter tournament, though. Apparent, not in, in that that area because we're not doing anything. Because I'm not doing illicit. It. Um. Because we the we we at Scum and Villainy would never do anything illicit. Um. Anyways, uh, you did have a winter tournament. How'd you do? Um. I I won the winter kit. That's it because was... you're the man, Froggies. What'd you it want? was, I flew, well, mostly I flew um, Poe with VI, R5P9, and Auto Thrusters, Miranda with Tactician and TLT, and then the Stress Hog. And that list has just been so much fun for me to fly. Um, so you, I heard recently that, uh, and you actually are someone that I actually am super curious to ask this about. I heard recently that if you're running a rebel list and you don't run a stress hog, you should run a rebel list with a stress hog. And you were kind of, in a weird way, a leading man for that. Do you kind of feel that's true, or what's your kind of thought process on that? I I, I love the stress hog, um, but it is totally beatable. Okay. Um, it it is really good on its first pass and. You know, I saw Muon play not too long ago where he was doing a lot of really good bumping to keep it back. And that is something you really need to do to get the most out of that ship. Because once you start getting loaded up with stress, and after that initial scrum, when you have to start turning to get back into the fight, it could take a few rounds before you get shots again. Or yeah. You, or you're dead. Um, so really trying to work work your squad to get the most shots out of the gold is will pay off how do you find um the three of those that's a three ship rebel list which i'm actually super happy we're finally there right like the promised land is here you can run three small rebel ships and be absolutely fine how do you find what how does that interaction work walk me through that well it, there's two regenerating ships that that is really the key to this it's it makes it much more durable that way um miranda with slam is just awesome it, it like being able to the k-wing just moves so so well you can get her in positions that um people do not expect mm-hmm. and that has been one of the more successful parts of this list. Um, and then Poe is just, he's just really good. Just yeah, so like, good. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not necessarily, you've seen, hold up froggy. I, I, I'm sure the answer is yes, but have you seen episode seven? Oh yeah, of course. Did you like it? Of course. Yes. I loved it. That is, that makes me happy. Um, and as we all know, who've seen it, 
Poe probably should have been PS10, right? Holy oh, crap! Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just like take out ships, like pop, pop, pop. <laughs> Those guys on the ground. That guy, pop. That other guy. All right, see you guys later. Like, you should have six attacks fun. around. Yeah. You should. No, it's like. Because those first order ties are no BS. I mean, so I imagine you get a lot of life out of Miranda with Tactician. Yeah, yeah. I can see you especially loving that. Oh yeah, I I when I saw um, I talked to Aaron at um, I was in that Worlds, but mm-hmm. on Facebook and uh, yeah, when he he told me about his list, I was like, oh my god, it's awesome. I was totally excited about that. So, so, so Scotty, tell me this. Um, you run um, R5, P9 instead of R2D2. Is that just, it's just, it's just points? Do you, like, do you think that R5, P9 is better for the points or worse? It's different. It's just different. Um, you know, if I, R2D2 is just great because you don't worry about being blocked. Mm-hmm. You, get, you get your regen and you don't. You're not, you know, as concerned about being blocked. So, but R5 P9, you know, it just works so well with Poe's ability naturally. Mm. Um, so for me, it's, I, I have to be more conscious about my positioning with him because I, I want to get my actions. Mm-hmm. But if I'm, you know, planning moves ahead, I, I, I know when people are going to try and block me. So I, I usually am pretty good at avoiding it. Um, yeah, that do you, so you think that you've already won a winter league and, 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 and you're pretty confident with three ships. Do you think that that's a legitimate thing that is runnable for, you know, the, the future three is three ship rebels now officially absolutely okay. Like thumbs up. I think it's okay. I think, um, for me, it, it is a, it is a little riskier because you, you don't have as much, room for um mistakes you 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 have to pay for mistakes a little bit but um i I don't know i've i i like this list i i think it's 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 got a lot of tools in it that can deal with things and um if i can get people to split their fire on those regenerating ships i'm i'm pretty good they're hard to take down once once you start splitting your fire so uh how does that how do you sort of set up that uh those three ships? Hmm. Depends. Um I usually I slam Miranda around the board really fast and while the other guys are coming at at, at a different angle and Miranda is is usually flanking in some way, or I, I mean there are times where I get Miranda. So like, you're, are you at, trying to have Poe get fired or the gold um, it kind of depends, you know, it really depends on who I'm flying against, but if they attack Poe, then, you know, I run him off uh, and they give chase in which case the other ships are, you know, blasting them or I'll have Poe bump somebody so they can't all gang up on him. You know, it, it's, it's about getting people to split their fire. Mm-hmm. Um, so and of course, all of those three targets, like they deserve fire. Yeah, they're they're all worthy worthy targets. Well, um, congrats, uh, and I am uh, super happy to hear about you moving to a very more friendly uh, to podcast time zone. Yes, and it was a podcast friendly time zone for me. So. So recently there have been some uh, things, new business, as it were, that um, we kind of need to talk about. Alex, um, we have uh, some tournament news you want to kind of cover uh, what's going on and um, and in the world of X-Wing currently? Sure. So at least for the, the Vassal world, there are one, one tournament still in the sign-up period, although that may be over very soon by the time you hear this. And another one that just finished. Uh, the first one is um, Theorist is running again a uh, Team Covenant Spring Open, mm-hmm. which is, I think, three rounds of Swiss and then a top cut and playing with some of the new cards that have been spoiled. 
Yeah, that'll be pretty exciting. And I think he's uh, running some modified rules for um, for the Sikh, too. So yeah, yeah. Pretty the, exciting. The Sikh and the Karaz, he's letting them have one extra shield. That's interesting. I'm sure knowing theorist, he has some incredibly mathematical reason why that that needs to happen. He wanted to see that for some reason and test that out in balance. Ah. I'd be interested to see what data collection he does with that. Yeah, I'll be interested to see how many people actually run those ships, even even with the bonus. That's a good point. I think the Karaz is definitely viable with another hit point on it. Yeah, I think that suddenly hits that sweet spot. Yeah. Okay, and then the other the other tournament, also sort of being run by Gum and Villainy, or at least in conjunction with us, is a X-Wing Vassal League that a fellow by the name of Earthworm is running in conjunction with Sozin, and they have... Something like 200 people signed up. Yeah, this is pretty exciting. Over the next month, they pair these people up into groups of six people, and they play round robin. And then at the end of the month, he's going to form new pods and do round robin again. So it's pretty exciting. That's a bunch of free X-Wing is kind of how I look at it. But I am excited to check both those out, see the data that comes out of it. The nice thing about those is... The online tournaments have so much more that you can track, and it's interesting because everything's available, so you can kind of get a nice idea of what might be popular in the future and what you know what ships might be strong. Especially the league, because the league lets you change their list every every time you play, so you can sort of adapt. the The big vassal tournaments where you pick your list at the beginning, and by the end of it, because they take so long to run, they're you know a couple of weeks behind meta. Good news on that, too, is it gives us a lot of games to stream and cast as well. Nice thing about Vassal is it's very easy to uh, host those games. When are we going to do another cast together? Uh, Lyle's been like been pulling that wagon, and I feel like we're just sitting in the wagon watching. I feel like we have to do <laughs> yeah. our part. Well, I've been traveling for work like a uh, maniac here after the holidays. This is busy season for me, so but I am back out of that for the most part now, so my free time has gone back up. I helped out with one. You did, and you were wonderful, Scott. It was nice to be back. <laughs> hey, isn't um, Brazil doing a big uh, vassal tournament as well? Yeah, they were. They were. I know that they're going to do a big tournament in in Brazil, and they did talk about us doing the, the national uh, the, the championship round. So that's something that that's pretty exciting. Yeah, that would be neat to um, to you know twitch and you know chat about. Alrighty, we did have a couple of articles that came out from Fantasy Flight Games that we are very excited about when it comes to store championship season and just generally to play with a bunch of awesome new ships. And I'm excited for these new ships because it gives us new stuff to do, new tricks to play, and new ways to screw over our friends at this game. So we had two articles that came out. We had the Inquisitor article and the Miss Hunter article, and there were a lot of really awesome cards that came out. And we don't want to cover every single one, but we want to cover certainly what we think is interesting about these new articles and how we want to use them. Um, and the first thing that's interesting about um, these new articles is there is the idea of a, a new type of card, a dual card. We're not sure how this works, but we do know that they are an upgrade card that has two upgrades printed on each side. So two upgrades pointed on e uh, printed on each side, meaning there is no back. The the upgrade that uh, that we've seen is the upgrade of adaptability. It's a zero cost card, and it either adds on one side or removes a pilot skill for zero points as an upgrade. Now that in and of itself has some uses, certainly. For those of you that don't want to pay for veteran instincts and want to be able to have an extra pilot skill, it is free. Like, especially I think it's useful for somebody like Vader. Um, for, does anybody have any go-to uses for a negative pilot skill? I would say off the top of my head, thinking about people like Dutch Vander make me consider negative pilot skill when you pair him with another ace somebody you'd want to pass off a lock with him on at a certain time 
or anytime you're using the Vader crew card. Because one of the big deals with the Vader crew card is being able to use that at a later point. Being able to put him on a ship and decrease its pilot skill or decrease other pilot skill ships around it or slightly increase them to make him shoot at a different time would be interesting. And then something we haven't covered yet, using it in tandem to adjust firing order for tractor beam. Mm-hmm. The biggest use for this is going to be adjusting your firing order. Now, there are plenty of lists where you don't need to spend... You don't have much use for your EPT, and you're trying to save points. Vader is a great example. Boom. Now he's pilot skilled. 10 instead of 11, but you saved a point that you can use somewhere else in your list. But we're thinking in terms of negative, right? Like, when's it good to be negative? So negative, if you have a bunch of fives and sevens, all with with an EPT you're not using suddenly, they're all six, you can easily now move and shoot in any order. There are several places, and it's hard to find a really good one right now. They're out there, but they're kind of niche lists. I think this card is going to develop a life of its own in the future. Scott, did you have any ideas for new ones? I think robots. I I, I could see this with robots in terms of wanting to... uh, Because that PS6 is at an interesting point, and if you can... I'm thinking that this card will let you switch depending on what you want. So you may be able to go up or down um, is, is my guess on how you'll be able to play that. Um, so sometimes you may want to go second or you may want to go um, first so you can block things. Um, and I, I think that could be an interesting place for it. And you save points so you can put it on something else. So that Mark continues. Sorry, <laughs> just I just Scotty said he wanted he had a point. Well, and there is one other pilot that we should consider: a pilot that wants to block always and has a really weird pilot scale. So dropping one might help him significantly. Arvel, man, how did I know that was coming? <laughs> that does make him. Be a better blocker to robots. Yes. <laughs> robots, or there are a few other sixes, but they're the primary. Or he gets in contention for the fives. Lazarazi, who I've been playing a lot of. Drea, who I've been playing a lot of. These these pilots you've never heard of. Gurry. <laughs> Gurry, <laughs> good one. Uh, so how do we think, uh, so, so we've got potential uses. How do we think that dual cards is going to work? We don't know. It's on both sides. I think you can switch at the start of, um, each round. So I think you're going to be able to, to change it up each round. Yeah. I don't think you're going to set it for the game. I think you're going to be able to change throughout the game. That's cool. I, be interesting. I don't know if I agree, but that would be interesting. Yeah. I'm yeah. leaning much more towards it's set for the game, but you probably, I'm sure you decide at the table. Now, I don't know how. At each round would be so cool. It would. Oh, no, I'm going to go to five this time. Oh, I'm going to block this round. Oh, that'd be cool. That would be. <laughs> it is adaptability. You should be able to adapt. More often than just <laughs> just at the beginning of the game, but you know, I have no. So, my so I was pondering uses for negative adaptability and looking at the builder and um, thinking about on the Tie Fighter side of life using it with the Tie Swarm. You've got Scourge as one of the ships we covered recently, and uh, if you fly him in combination with the Epsilon leaders, their pilot skill six naturally dropping him down to pilot skill six, so he has a better chance of them having a damage card on him would be a decent use for it. That makes sense. Because you want him firing lower. Exactly. But yep. he's at such a high pilot skill, so it, it allows you to kind of correct some of his if you fly him in combination with the right stuff. That makes sense. Um, so dual cards. So they've got both sides. What are some upgrades that you think would be fun to flip? 
What do you mean? Like either between rounds or between games, like what would be kind of neat to like be able Other to dual cards. Yeah. Like I was thinking like missile torpedo, like, um, like if it's between games, like missile torpedo, um, like they do on like TIE fighter, you don't have to necessarily equip, uh, concussion missiles. You can, concu- you can equip proton torpedoes or something like that. Like, that might be cool. I don't know. It's- here's here's an interesting idea. Mm-hmm. A cannon upgrade, whatever it does, but you can flip it over and it becomes a mine. So you can <laughs> it's always the weapons with you. Yes. Be, honestly, I think that's that's a good idea. I think it'd almost be more fitting on a missile, though. So at, you're saying you point. eject the missile and drop it like a mine? Yeah, that's exactly. that, okay. That's really cool. Yeah. You just you prime the warhead and let it fall out of the tube. <laughs> okay, uh that is pretty sweet. Um all right, so dual cards, there's some there it's we're going to see how it works, but you know, I mean there's we, we want to see the mechanic first, but there's opportunity there, I think. Um a card that I think is absolutely going to change the meta, though, um, Greg, I know that you're pretty interested in. Um, why don't you cover uh, Tractor Beam? Yeah, so as I mentioned earlier, I think adaptability does have some use with this card we haven't covered yet. Tractor Beam. And fun parts with Tractor Beam. So it's a one-cost cannon upgrade card. It has an attack range of one to three. It rolls three dice. If the attack hits, the defender receives one tractor beam token and then cancels all results. So this does no damage, but it's a one-point cannon. What's tractor beam do? What's a tractor beam token? Tractor beam is all about control. So during the combat phase, a ship with a tractor beam token on it has its agility reduced by one down to a minimum of zero. So in essence, you could stack multiple tractor beam tokens on a target with high agility and reduce it down to one or no AGI. At the end phase, you remove all tractor beam tokens. But that's not the sexy part. That isn't the sexy part. The sexy part is right when you apply the token, the opposing players and the person shooting uh, the tractor beam gets to either perform a barrel roll with the one maneuver template on an opposing player's ship, or they get to force them to take a one forward boost. This is not a maneuver and you are allowed to boost them onto obstacles, but not overlap with other ships. So this carries a lot of potential as far as just screwing with your opponents in the sense that you can get somebody locked up near a rock, shoot them with a tractor beam, throw them on the rock in such a way that they not only deal with that rock this turn, but then they have to fly through it again next turn, and you just ruin two turns for somebody by making them deal with obstacles. Plus, you reduce their AGI, so you create a lot of problems for your opponent with this kind of setup. Yeah, there's so many things that you can do. I can think of there was a uh, there was an article that we'll link um, that was the most evil things that you can do with a tractor beam. Um, what are some of the things that you've been doing with uh, tractor beams? I've been running it in tandem with Zuckus, who, again, we're going to cover it later. But the thing I like about Tractor Beam is the reduced AGI. And I like to fly anchors or aces in many swarms. So taking that Tractor Beam shot and sucking away something's AGI and turning it into a zero AGI or a one AGI target, and then flying a bunch of Z95s into it and blasting them with those Z95s, when you have no agility, five Z95s do a lot of damage to you. So sometimes it's better to skip that powerful ace shot and go ahead and set up your little guys, and I like that option. Yeah, I think this is a big deal against you know things like the stress hog, which is very popular right now, and other you know uh, any high hull, low agility ship. This is going to really mess with them. What do you kind of see, uh, where do you see like the, 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 the people, like how, how do you envision using that? Um, oh, there's all, there's, I know, there's I know so there's guys, so guys, many. like this is exactly my point. Let's like, for example, barrel rolling someone onto a rock in and of itself. Awesome. Right. Yes. Totally awesome. What other kind of ways are you thinking about using this? Um, so, well, I'm going to talk about it later. (laughs) I'm going to save it. I've got one. Go ahead, Mark. I like it on robots. How so? Here's why. 
you can take Mangler Cannon. Remember, they have two cannon slots. Oh, God, I remember that? About that. Oh. This is a one-point upgrade. <laughs> that is so silly. <laughs> you can throw fire control system on there. You've got your primary cannon, either heavy laser cannon or Mangler. You're shooting. You've got two of these things. Okay, my heavy laser cannon just stripped all the tokens for Sunterfell. Maybe I shoot him with my heavy laser cannon. But maybe I throw him into a rock, possibly do a damage, and next turn he's going over the rock so he can't act. That is a very, very scary proposition for Zunterfell. Or Corrin Horn. Or any of the other aces. And because you've got a primary weapon in, and you've got the other cannon, you have plenty of options. You can run Mangler Cannon and and Tractor Beam for cheaper than... Than Heavy Laser, yes. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's awesome. Alex? Yeah, yeah. yeah. so I, I think this is going to be good on the Defender, with the new Defender title that lets you shoot both your cannon and your primary in a single round. How, how do you see that working? I mean, I just see it working, you know, you it's shoot them with the, good, but <laughs> yeah, you shoot them with the, the tractor beam. If you hit great, like you've made your primary shot easier to hit and maybe you've done something cool with it, move them in a way they don't want to move, but you're not, you're not really losing out on that much firepower because you still are shooting with your primary. That's true. And you can, since you can boost them forward, you know, if they're at a range two, you could boost them into range one for your primary shot and really light somebody up. Especially yeah. if you're Vessery. Yeah. There's now a lot should, of options there. I should point something out, though, that there may be times when you choose not to shoot because you've got to do the cannon first, and then if they get the tractor beam token, you must do one of those. It doesn't say you may, so you've got to either boost or barrel roll. And if they're, like, head-on to you, nub-to-nub, barrel roll may put them out of arc. Yeah, maybe that's not the best thing in the world. Just something to keep in mind. One thing I kind of think about when it comes to the tractor beams in general is that they are definitely a weapon that benefits more than almost any other, uh, other weapon. I find that they benefit best for higher pilot skill. The earlier you can decide someone's direction and where they are, the better. Like, for example, shooting a ship and making it uh, barrel roll under a rock so it can't fire. Or shooting a high pilot skill ship in, like, a soon tier into your lower pilot skill um, um, buddies so they can get shots, right? Like, the higher you can fire with a, a tractor beam, the better, or at a minimum, have it be one of your earliest shots just for the agility in general, right? Like, that is one thing that if there is a general rule for tractor beams, I would say that the earlier, the better. I would agree with that. I can see use for it just as a control mechanic mm-hmm. on lower pilot skill, but I think it shines at higher pilot skills because of the many benefits you can reap from it. Okay. One, one thing I like about Tractor Beam, just, just the concept of it in general, is that it's going to force people to really think about bringing debris fields for once. Like everyone, it seems like everyone just brings asteroids because they're, you know, they don't want to help dash out any, any tiny amount. Mm-hmm. But now you have a real choice. Like what if you get, run into like a tractor beam squad and they can knock you onto your own rock like that doesn't feel good so a ships might suddenly run three asteroids and the smallest ones possible yeah or, or you know like i was saying debris fields yeah de- 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 debris fields my apologies i think it may, might encourage people to uh, broaden their horizons on the obstacle choice yeah because everybody runs the biggest rocks or, or the smallest rocks yeah. there's like very few alternative choices there needs to be an achievement for tractor <laughs> beaming somebody onto the smallest rock. Heck yeah. So, yeah, so we are super excited for the tractor beam, which that is not even the ship that comes, the tractor beam comes with. It does come with the Mist Hunter, and the Mist Hunter is really kind of neat because it's a, it seems like a new backbone ship. And Scott, I know you've been uh, looking at some really cool combos for the Miss Hunter. Why don't you kind of cover that? 
Well, yeah, okay. So the Myth Hunter is it's it's very similar in stats wise to the B Wing. Um, so then there isn't really a ship in in the uh, in the Scum arsenal that is like this. So it's kind of neat that way. Um, so just to run over the stats really quick: three attack, one agility, four hull, and four shields. So it's it's very stable, and I I like that about it. Um, I also really like how Zuckus and Forlom work together, both as pilots and crew for each other's ships. So for Zuckus, you get the you know when attacking, you may roll one additional attack die, and if you do, the defender rolls one additional defense die. So you put Forlom on him, and then Forlom says when you're attacking. During the modify attack dice step, you may receive one ion token to choose one of the defender's focus or evade tokens. That token cannot be spent during this attack. And that's that's awesome. So if they're banking on their focus to uh, to keep them alive, you can just say nope. And uh, yeah, I, I think I think how they work together is 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 really nice. And then Forlom, I really like Forlom. I think he's he's my favorite version of, of the ship. Um, he's very dirty. Uh, his ability is, at the start of the end phase, you may assign one of your stress tokens to another ship at range one. And that that is such an awesome ability. Um, all right, yeah, there's so many cool things you can do with that. And then Zuckus just works so well with him. He's... Uh, when attacking, you may receive any number of stress tokens to choose an equal number of defense dice. The defender must re-roll these, those dice. Um, so you can you know, collect some stress and then hand it back to the guy the next turn, which I think is, is pretty awesome. There isn't a lot of stress mechanics in Scum, so this is the first real ship that can... Um, you know, just innately give stress, which which I think is will open up some some creative builds for them. Uh, I, th- I think with their dial that makes it interesting too, because I, I just even without taking the stress from putting Zuckus on there, Forlom has lots of maneuvers that he can use to generate stress. And when you're talking about close range fighting, this thing has a one red turn. Uh, mm-hmm. And that is a monster in the close quarters combat. You can pop advanced sensors on this. Um, the Mist Hunter title gives a barrel roll, but you have to equip a tractor beam, so it costs you a point, but the title itself is free. Um, so you'd be able to do like what the B-Wings can do, where you can advance sensors, barrel roll, one turn, and then go ahead and blast somebody and pass that stress right off. Yeah, it's it's really nice. There's one thing I was thinking that you could do with with um, Forlom, if you equip, if he has tactician on the ship and you have um, a tractor beam, you could shoot them at range two and stress them, and then boost them into range one so that you can um, you can then give them your other stress token at the end of the turn. That is so uh, ridiculous. ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> and, and then you double stress them and. So, so Scotty, I have a question for you. Um, now that that there is this, you know, stress generating, you know, control style list on the scum side, are are you going to join the good team? Um, are you going to join the gray team? I always, I, yeah, I'm always thinking about the gray team. Um, I may not always play them, but I, I'm I'm always thinking about them, and this this will open up some interesting things. Um, it's that range one bubble that Suntir is going to have to avoid. <laughs> you know, I just see it as like, how, how will this affect Suntir? How will this affect some of the other squads out there? And, um, you know, he's, he's tough enough to take some hits. His, the one problem is TLTs are going to be difficult for him. He'll, he'll get chewed up by by them. That's one of the things like B wings have dropped out of the dropped out of the uh, meta quite a bit because of the TLTs. So not sure how, how much we're going to actually see this ship. Um, but 
I'm going to have to give it a try and, and test it with some other things. Okay. So what about some of the other stress gaining mechanics for Forlom? Um, I mean, I think the big ones are push the limit and maybe glitter stem. Yeah. All of those are, are great for him. Um, especially if he gets the, uh, free barrel roll from the title, which I, I think is completely worth having the tractor beam. Cause you, you can choose when you want to, when you want to do damage and when you want to just manipulate somebody. I, I think tractor beam is just worth having tractor beam. It's one point. Like if you can stand to splash it in, go right ahead. It's an awesome option. And yeah. even if it's, even if it's terrible, like having barrel roll on your ship, probably worth a point. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's worth a single point. I mean, heck the EPT for it classes that it being worth two points. So yeah, they'll give it to me for a point. Plus I get tractor beam as a deal. All right. Yeah, no I problems think, there. I think push the limit is is definitely a good a good option because it has the evade. You know, mm-hmm. depending you know who you're up against, just having an evade. Uh, who do you see as good buddies for uh, for Lum? Well, Zuckus is a natural fit. Um, I, I I always think about tactician. <laughs> it's, it's like, can I can I fit a tactician here? Yeah. yeah. What kind of uh, ships do you fly along with that? That I'm not sure yet. I haven't had enough time to like really put a build together for Forlom, but you know, I don't know. Probably some other like screw you kinds of um, ships, like uh, Palob or something. You know, where I'm, you know, we're stealing, um, stealing uh, your your tokens, and here you can have the stress. You know, just like an expendable ship that you can hand the stress off to and not feel particularly bad about it. C ninety five. Yeah, the the fact that you can hand that off to anybody is so good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, banana pirate, here, take a stress. <laughs> so I think that collectively the three of us kind of think that the Miss Hunter and 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 the tractor beam is unquestionably the biggest deal that came out when it comes to what we expect to see in the meta, but not necessarily. Um, Mark doesn't necessarily share that opinion with us. Mark, what do you think is the most important announcement over the last couple of weeks? I think the thing that was announced that is going to shape the game the most and appear the most often in competitive play is going to be the inquisitor. Really? Why do you say that? So twofold first, the problem with the mist hunter is it's effectively a B wing mm-hmm. that's coming out immediately after the B wing was pushed out of the meta by the TLT Y wing, which scum already has. Sure. Yes, you're going to see a few lists experimenting with the Mist Hunter. Some of them are probably going to do pretty well. But the one, the ship that you're going to see over and over through the life of this game is the Inquisitor. Here's why. That's interesting. He he is PS8 for 25 points. He only has two attack dice, but wait, all of his attacks are ranged that shuts down auto thrusters, that shuts down any of the range shenanigans for defense. You're always rolling three device uh, dice. They never have auto thrusters. That, that alone is good. Mm-hmm. But we found out what the TIE V1 title does. New title for the TIE Advanced Prototype only. One point. After you acquire a target lock, you may perform a free evade action. Mm-hmm. Now, that's after you acquire a lock, not take the target lock action. And while Imperials don't have the sheer number of target lock passenger agents the the Rebels do, they do have some, like Jonas. Not that I would recommend taking him. Sure, or 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 the uh, the the Hippo Shuttle Bus. Right. Now, that's pretty good on its own, but he's still got an EPT. You can take him up to PS10 with VI. Good call. Push the limit allows him to boost barrel roll or target lock evade barrel roll or any sorts, any number of shenanigans. Or, coupled with a V1 title, is Juke. Okay, you've got target lock. Now you have Juke. Now you're, you're 
defense is lowered. We're good to go. And the, the, the thing with him is he can take auto thrusters and he's still cheap. He's far cheaper than Sunter. He's far cheaper than Vader. You can get a budget ace out of him, which means you can get him plus one plus a shuttle and still have a huge initiative. The, to me, the one thing I worry about is that you either have two actions in your pilot skill eight or you have or you have three actions, I suppose, if you go with the title. Yes. Um, or you have two actions. One of them has to be essentially asking for a target lock and evade. Yes. Or have to do it through another 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 means. Correct. So it doesn't give you the um arc dodging that a here offers or even a Vader engine offers. Another True. thing to think of in terms of PTL use and arc dodging like that is that its greens are not long-reaching like the TIE Interceptors. Yeah, but one green is pretty awesome. Well, one arc green is pretty awesome. <laughs> it is. It is. You, you are right. The flip side of that is that you can still get the Inquisitor in and have Vader and Suntir. Yeah. yeah he it's is totally cheap. a list you can do. Mm-hmm. He is cheap, and that and, is and, the thing. And you don't have to plunder points from any of them to to get it to fit. They fully loaded all of them fit. Yeah, in in real. So you're saying that he works as a cheap version of Soontir or Vader, yeah. right? To get points elsewhere. And so he's not going to replace Soontir, but he's an excellent wingman for Soontir. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, he's a legitimate third third ship. And the trick with his maneuverability is it's much more different, uh, much different than Sunter has, because Sunter has to worry about range. Mm-hmm. The Inquisitor, you're at the very, very millimeter inside range three, range one shot. Yep, that is true. That's no lie. So it keeps him at that three. I think that's important because it keeps him at that three dice attack. I'm curious how cheap these guys are going to get. Um, I'd want to... So they get down to 16 points. for They the get down to guy. 16. That's... I mean, we're talking a decently maneuverable and equipable tie bomber worth of points spent. Are there some options down on the low side, you think? I don't know about the PS2. I think Valen Rudor is going to see some play. He's a rather interesting one because every time he defends, he gets to take an action, which makes him pretty good against TLTs. Okay. You you attack me with a TLT. I've got auto thrusters. If you miss, I evade. You attack me with auto thrusters. I take a focus. You attack me. I boost. You attack me. I barrel roll. Now you don't have any more shots because I'm too close. Yeah, that doesn't say once per round or anything like that. That's like every time that guy gets shot at. So you're every right against TLT, he, he gets four actions out of the deal. Correct. If he lives. Okay, so I have a, I have a question for you, Sable. The the Inquisitor, I mean, in all of the TIE Advanced prototypes, they have a missile slot. And on a ship that wants to be taking a, a target lock action, thanks to the title, like, do you see throwing a missile on the sky as a legitimate option? I, you could convince me to throw Prockets on, but probably not. They want auto thrusters too much to take guidance chips, which is the other big card that's coming out with the announcement. Yeah, I was going to say, speaking of guiding, guidance chips, uh, Alex, I know that you're pretty interested in those. Tell us about guidance, guidance chimps. Um, as I imagine they're about to be well-known as. Okay, so uh, Guidance Chips is a free modification, zero points. And it says, once per round, when attacking with a torpedo or missile secondary weapon, you may change one die result. You may change one die to a hit result or a crit result if your primary weapon value is three or higher. That is pretty awesome. How much does that cost? Costs zero points. Zero points. The the only downside is you have to give up your modification slot. So there there is an opportunity cost. Then is what we're saying. Yeah, yeah. Like all of the ships that 
are in the the strong lists right now that would that take um, ordinance or would be tempted to take ordinance. You know, Dash, Jake Farrell, they're all already using their modification slot for auto thrusters or engine. So it really forces them to make a, a hard choice between to take guidance chips. Are there any sort of natural slots you see for this? I mean, it's hard to it's hard to tell how good bombers are going to be, like the Thai bomber, the Thai Punisher are going to be, but they're certainly going to at least be something you have to try out. Probably where it is going to be good is on the uh, the named B-wing pilots, like Nara Daniels. Now that she can take guidance chips and you know throw a proton torpedo that even if she's spending her action to shoot it, it gets you know to a focus to a hit and then any dice result to a crit, it, it's pretty good. Yeah, putting that on Dira Dantels would be rather devastating. There's a lot of options there. I'll take you Nara and raise you Andrew Sulock. Okay. Okay, with, yeah. All right. With guidance chips, crack shot. Cluster missiles, glitter stem. Oh, I see where you're going with this. I like it. Four dice, each attack. Each attack changes a die. You've got focus for both of them, and you crack shot one of their defenses. Good luck. Well, keep in mind this is this is once per round, so yeah. it only works on one of the cluster missiles, but one of them is going to be. Yes, they're, they're both should be pretty good. Right. Yeah, that. So, so you think this is because the thing is, is it's free, right? So you're just going to see this on any sort of ordinance where you don't want to take auto thrusters, right? Or long range scanners. That's the other, the other trade off. Like tie bombers. So between the two, they're both cost zero, right? Which do you think is better? It's probably going to depend upon what you're wanting to shoot. If you're going to want to shoot something like an assault missile. You probably need guidance chips to make it accurate enough to be worth shooting. Mm-hmm. But if you know if you're worried about an ace, you probably take long range scanners and something like a homing missile that lets you easily get off, you know, uh, a target lock focus shot that your opponent can't spend an evade token to defend with. I think that uh, if you can for lower pilot skill, long range scanner is probably better. But if you can't pull, but for higher pilot skill, I think guidance chips is probably a little bit better. There are a ton of ships that can't take long-range scanners to begin with. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, I mean, there's that, too. So, um, those are some of the cards that we think are really interesting coming out in in the next couple of – in the next wave. Um, That being said, there is some very – soon you know events coming you know we've got the store championship season we've already got some results um so it's it's gone going as we speak and we've got store championships coming up so i was just sort of curious what are you guys uh thinking about running uh for store championships uh froggies i know that you've been working recently what are you sort of thinking about running versus uh in 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 store championship season um i've been k-wings i'm there's going to be a k-wing in my list um i I have some ideas that i'm i'm toying with but nothing nothing set just yet but there will be k-wings in there (laughs) so you like the k-wing then i i like it a lot slam is such a good ability um i i I really like how I can adjust where the first engagement takes place because of that. So, Alex, I am have been wanting to talk about uh, the the list that you are are potentially wanting to run for a long time, and this is going to be our list discussion that we want to cover because it's something that I've seen a lot of recently, and I'm glad you're good at because I want someone who's you know flown it a lot and like we can ask us questions of. What are you thinking about running for store championships? Um, the list I'm thinking about running, maybe not for store championships, but certainly for like the uh, this spring open that Ferris is running is um, three Omega Tie FOs mm-hmm. and slapping them with a Juke and Com Relay. Now, why does that work? What's what's the combination there? The the idea is you take and evade your first round, and thanks to Com Relay, you get to carry it around with you until you decide to spend it. And then with Juke, if you have an evade token on your ship, 
you can change one of the defender's evade dice so from an evade result to a focus. So if they can't modify that dice, you've essentially have a repeatable crack shot. Cool. And what are you running with that? Um, for support, I, I've been trying out um, Carnor Jacks with push the limit, auto thrusters, and a hull upgrade. There's some synergy with his ability to sort of shut down focuses. And there's not quite enough points for Soonterfell, so Carnor Jack seems like it seems good like enough. it's a very good combo in that um, if you can't spend your focus, you it, you get a free crack shot with Juke. Yeah, yeah, and you just make people worry about that. Plus, even if Jax is, if they land too close to Jax, even if he's going to leave later on, they still can't take the focus to begin with. You've been flying this recently, right? Uh, yeah, I've been trying it out on Vassal over the past week or two. How's it, how's it been working? Two games where it's gone really well, and and I've just, you know, comms relay has been really paying off. And then one game where I flew all my ships in a bunch and just got them destroyed because they were two close together and I got blocked. <laughs> you you really do have to fly jacks separately and then get them to like join up at just the right time, I think. At least most of the time. So do you think that that's a competitive list? I I, I feel like it certainly could be. I see Omega foes and uh, Juke and Com relays a lot recently. I think that that is like a really interesting backbone now for Imperials that, you know, you can have a four ship Imperial list because those are a really strong, efficient uh, ship. Yeah. Although I don't know how much of a, a backbone just like one Omega is. You get sort of increasing returns like the more times you can juke one ship. Because some ships can take, you know, two focuses, but very few ships can take three focuses, four focuses. Guess who you're at on that. Alrighty. Um, does anybody have any uh, sort of uh, thought processes on that uh, foe uh, in uh, Jack's list? Uh, not particularly. I think it's, I like the synergy between Jack's and using Juke to strip focuses. Um, I don't know if three is the magic number, but man, that is a decent amount of hit points to bring for only three TIE fighters. Yeah, and, and Com Relay is essentially, it's, it's almost, you know, shield regeneration. And that, you know, you can add an extra hit point that comes back. Yeah, I really like that that combo. Comms Relay and Juke is, is really good. I worry that it will struggle against ships that are highly maneuverable and PS9 or above. Yes, Jax will shut down Sunter's focus, but he might not care if he's getting unanswered shots. I I've seen so much of Connor Jax recently. He's such a pain. Like the 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 more lower PS the meta gets, the more he's going to show up and just ruin stuff. Like he's a day ruiner. I do not, yeah, he does rain on people's parades. <laughs> he's just up. like is I'm gonna make everything you do awful. <laughs> I still like him with Captain Coggy and Zerdic Strom. There, there's so many good, like just kind of awesome combos. Um, anyway, so good luck for store championship season. I am, um, looking forward to it. Um, I, I, I tell you the squad I want to run. It's not anything exciting right now. I just want to run two a two Y with TLT and a B wing. It's, it's good. I don't, I don't know any other way to put it. It's good. It's efficient. Five ship rebel swarms are still good. There you go. Yeah, Richard, you and I think along the same lines in that sense. I've been running Scott likes K wings. I've been running TLT Miranda and uh, integrated bigs with three Z's because five ship rebel. Yeah, if you like to swarm it. Yeah, yeah. It's just oh yeah, three Z ninety fives are just there. You go. There they are. Um, so they're they're good. Um, so that's pretty inter- interesting. And, and we wish you luck, Galactic Holonet. In your store championships, if you've got a list that you like for store championship season, please send it to us. Scumandvillainy dot uh, gmail dot com. What's that? Or at Alex? What's our email address? Am I right on that? It is scumandvillainypodcast at gmail dot com. Thank God for the ship's engineer, or I would fly us into a sun. Um, <laughs> You can also reach us on Twitter or on our podcast or on our Facebook page. All are linked in our show notes. Um, 
So please send us and we'll cover your uh, store championship list if we like it or if we find it interesting. So go ahead and feel free to send it. I just want to add in, if anyone out there has come up with like a, a decent ghost list, I would be very interested in seeing those. That wouldn't. See, that we want to cover that too because the ghost is very, cool. very, very cool and it's coming out soon and I'm excited about it. We do want to give a shout-out to one of our Black Sun Aces, Mr. Bubbles, Matt Smizer. Thank you for uh, contributing to our Patreon. Um, for those of you who don't know, we do have a Patreon to help us do more awesome sc- podcast stuff and cover the world of X-Wing better. Uh, and uh, we thank all of you who do contribute. You guys are awesome and you make all of this worth it. So thank you very much. Uh, deep heartfelt. Anyways, um, this is, that's it. Good hunting galactic colonnette. My name is Richard White, better known as Kelvin Tiberius. With me was ship's engineer, Alex Robeck, better known as anti Grapus. Mark Fletcher, better known as the shuttle loving Sable Griffin. Gregory Duncan, better known as Joy and Vengeance. And the one, the only, God, we love you for bringing him back. Scott Williams, better known as Mr. Froggies. Good hunting, Galactic Colonnette, and thank you.